Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. In Numbers 20, we come to a situation where Israel is uh, once again without water. They're in a place where there is no water, and uh, God intends to bring water out of a rock the second time. This happened once before uh, when, uh, when they did not have any water. God asked Moses to take his rod to strike the rock, and water gushed out of the rock. A rock split, it, it, uh, the, uh, the water came out, and uh, the, the people were, were taken care of. This time around, God told them not to strike the rock, not to smite it, but instead to simply speak to the rock, and, and uh, the water will come out. Well, if you know the story, uh, he got upset, he got angry at the people because, uh, because of their griping and their complaining, he called them rebels, and he said, why must, I, uh, why must we uh, fetch water out of this rock? And he struck the rock rather than spoke to it, and he struck it, struck it twice. And be, because of everything that took place, uh, God made it real, real clear. He, 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 told, he told both Moses and Aaron that they would not go into the promised land because of that. What we're going to look at tonight is, is why specifically does God say that, that he did not let, let Moses and Aaron go into the promised land, particularly Moses? Uh, the ministry of Aaron was very attached to the ministry of Moses. So if Moses was not going to go into the, into the promised land, I can understand why God also said that, that Aaron could not go into the promised land. But, but uh, you look at that whole situation, and the, the tendency is to say, wow, God was, God was rather harsh there. Uh, you, you think about all that Moses had been through. He had, he had uh, gone to Pharaoh and numerous times had made a plea for Pharaoh to release Israel and let them go worship. And finally... Uh, he got, he got his consent after plague, after plague, after plague. The, of course, the plague of the firstborn was the one that, that so-called broke the camel's back, I guess you could say. And, um, and so he, he let them go. Then he pursued after them. God took them to the Red Sea. They thought that they were going to die there. Instead, God split the Red Sea. They went over on dry ground. Pharaoh's army, Pharaoh and his armies followed them. And uh, the, the, uh, the Red Sea closed in on them and, and drowned them all. Uh, but the, 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 the standard operating procedure of Israel in the wilderness was come to a problem, gripe and complain, uh, uh, want to overthrow Moses and Aaron and go back to Egypt. And this, this thing happened over and over and over again. And just like what Karen sang in her song, you know, the, the God cares for us and he provides for us. He takes care of us. He leads us, I believe, to, to difficult situations so that he can show that, that he does care and he can show that he can and will provide. And he has done that. I've watched him do it in my life. I've watched him do it in many of your lives over and over and over again. But they, they just never seemed to get it. 
They, ne they never got a hold of it. But what we're going to look at tonight is just simply why. Why does God say that, that uh, he prevented Moses from getting the promised land? Moses went through all of that with, with Egypt and then in the wilderness and then complaints and gripes and so forth. And then because of one incident, he lost everything that he had been working up to that point to be able to go in and see, which was the promised land that God had provided. If you, if you would, let's all stand together. We'll read the first 12 verses. We'll pray and get right into the message tonight. Chapter 20 and verse 1 says, Then came the children of, of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And, and wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us in unto this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the, the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water." And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray, Lord, that uh, right now that you would take all the, the cares and all the worries and all, all the, the things that might concern us as individuals tonight and help us to just push those things off to the side so that we can focus on your word and what thus saith the Lord. I believe that uh, tonight, Lord, you've got a message for every single one of us. You've got something that can be a blessing and can be a help to us all, not just the people that I'm speaking to, but the preacher who's speaking the words. And God, I pray that, uh, that you would show us uh, the, the, the thing that really caused God to move and to suspend all of the plans that he had for Moses to go into the promised land uh, just because of, of some disobedience that was in Moses' life and what exactly it was and what it entailed. 
So, Father, we pray that you would give us wisdom from above, give us, give us understanding, and then, Lord, connect the dots. Show us, show us uh, areas where possibly uh, we are guilty of the same. And, uh, Father, help us to have a responsive attitude toward you. Help us, Lord, to have a submissive attitude toward you and your word tonight. And we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. This chapter starts out kind of unusually. It almost looks like it's disjointed from the rest of the passage, but it's really not at all. In, in verse 1, if you look back with me, verse 1 says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation under the desert of Zin in the first, in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. So Miriam died. Uh, oftentimes, when, when we read this story, all we look at is, is verses 2 down through 13. But there's something that took place before that, and that was the fact that, that Miriam had passed away. And Miriam was very significant, particularly in the life of Moses. Uh, she saved Moses' life as a baby and, and made arrangements for uh, for her own mother, when, when Pharaoh's daughter found him in the bulrushes, uh, she went over to, to uh, uh, Pharaoh's, uh, Pharaoh's daughter and suggested that she had a, a lady that could nurse, nurse Moses and take care of, uh, take care of him. And the, the, uh, uh, the, the daughter of Pharaoh said, okay, that, that'll work and I'll even pay her. So you know, you, you talk about God working something out. Uh, God worked it out so that not only was Moses spared and did uh, his own mother nurse Moses and took care of him in the young years, but, but she was paid for it. <laughs> she wouldn't have been otherwise. So God took care of that whole situation. In Exodus, in, in Exodus 15, in verses 20 and 21, we find that after they, they went through the Red Sea and after Pharaoh and his armies uh, died in the Red Sea, uh, it was Miriam who, according to Scripture, was a prophetess, a prophetess of God, and she led the women in singing praise to the Lord uh, at the Red Sea. And then, in, however, in, in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1, it talks about the fact that she and... She and Aaron, and it mentions her first, which intimates that there's a possibility she was the instigator in the thing. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, and they spoke against Moses uh, because of his choice of, of, uh, of a second wife, and that was the Ethiopian woman. So she didn't do everything right, but then again, who of us does everything right? Amen. Uh, but overall, uh, she, was, she was more of a blessing uh, than she was a burden and a curse. Uh, and understand that, that uh, uh, before all of this happens, beginning in verse 2, uh, Moses and Aaron have to deal with the loss of their sister. If you've ever lost someone who is dear to you, uh, you know how that takes a toll on you whether it's a, a parent, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a spouse, uh, it makes no difference, or, or a child, 
it's, it's tough. It's, it can be very, very hard on you. So in the, the midst of that heartache and the, in the midst of that, that tearing of the heart, uh, the, the people spake against Moses and spake against Aaron and began to complain once again, just kind of went into the, into the normal routine. And look with me in verses uh, two, through, 2 through 5. When, when uh, they came to a situation where there was no, no water for them to drink, this is how the people responded and reacted. And it's typical. You find this all the way through the wilderness. This was the pattern that they followed. It says, and, and there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And why have he brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our, and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have he made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us in unto this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. So the people's reaction was really twofold. Number one, they, they gathered against Moses and Aaron, and the, the Bible uses the, the word chode. Chode means to, means to scold or reproof, to uh, utter words of, of anger, to blame, to contend with. And, uh, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't look to the fact that, that Moses and Aaron had led them where God told them to lead them. Uh, in, instead, they just got upset with Moses and Aaron and, and accused them of leading them into a bad situation where they were just simply going to die. And the, the second thing that, that, that is noticeable in their, in their response is that they saw the wilderness as something evil. They did not see the wilderness as a school. They saw the wilderness as a club that God was beating them over the head with rather than a school that God was trying to teach them that he would take care of them and that he loved them and that, and that they just simply needed to trust him. And, and that was exactly what God was trying to teach them, to believe him and to trust him and to follow his leading. Uh, who was God going to teach them those things? Well, it was God that wanted them to learn it, but he was, he was using, he was guiding and directing Moses to do, and, and Aaron to do that very thing. They were the ones who led, guided, and directed the children of Israel. And Moses and Aaron's response to the complaint is found in verse 6. In verse 6 it says, And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Can I tell you, they responded absolutely correctly. They did it right. They didn't respond personally to the people. They didn't get mad. They didn't get upset. Instead, they went to the tabernacle and they fell on their face before God. And their initial response was, was a right response. And if you notice, as soon as they did that, the Bible says God's glory showed up. 
Why? Well, because they, they came to, to, to God in a humble fashion, in a humble way. They didn't, again, they didn't argue with the people. Uh, they, they, they left those that were disgruntled, and they went directly to God. And their humility uh, brought the glory of God. Uh, you know, why, why, why do we have invitations? Uh, I thought about this as I, was, as I was looking at this passage and looking at their response. Why do we have invitations at the end of Sunday morning and the end of uh, Sunday night's messages? The reason why we have it is because of what, what humility does. And anytime any person has to leave their seat, come on up here, and I say has to, you don't have to, but we encourage you to, because that's a, a humble admission that God has spoken to my heart, that, that God has worked in my heart, that I have said yes to God, and now I'm dealing with the Lord and going to take care of some business, uh, some business with him. And humility summons the glory of God in our lives. And humility is what, what, God, what gives God honor and glory and praise. Uh, over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, the scripture says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. And that's exactly how they responded. They responded properly. They found the glory of God. I believe they also found the grace of God as a result of their proper response. And, and also, when, when we're humble like that, that's when God instructs us. And uh, when they were on their faces and when they were, when they were uh, uh, humbled before God, that's when God told them what to do, how to handle this whole situation. And God's response to Moses and Aaron's uh, uh, humility and, and their proper response to the, to the crowd was found in verses 7 and 8. Look down in verse 7. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And so uh, basically what God told him to do was, number one, to take the rod, which he did. That was his symbol of, of authority. Uh, number two, to gather the assembly together. He was to, to get the people all to, to come together, and then he was supposed to speak to the rock in front of the people. He did not tell them to speak to the people. He told them to speak to the rock. Well, why was that significant? Why was that so important? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 tells us what that rock symbolized. It says, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock, and that rock is a capital R, and, and that, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Okay, so the rock was a picture, uh, the rock was a type of God himself. And, uh, and, and God throughout Scripture is, is pictured as a rock. He is our foundation, he is firm, he is unchangeable, he is unmovable. 
And, uh, and the rock was a picture of, of the Lord. The, he was not supposed to talk to the people who were disobedient to God, who he was obviously, I'm sure, upset with. We see that here in just a moment. But, uh, but he was told to speak to the, to instead speak to the rock. Um, God can fix your problems. People can't. And so what you need to do is you need to go to God and, and uh, not necessarily go to the problem itself, but go to God first so that you can properly handle the problem. And uh, because the, the, the rock was a picture or a type of Jesus Christ, the first time he told them to smite the rock and water would come out of the rock. The second time he said, don't smite it. Only speak to it. Why? Because Jesus Christ was only smitten once for our sins. That was it. And when, when he smote the rock the second time, he broke the type. And, uh, and God made a, a, a specific instruction that he was not to smite the rock, but he was to only speak to the rock. And so, so the second time, Moses was only to speak. And, and again... Uh, God wanted to show that he could fix uh, any problem that the children of Israel might be up against. And so verses 9 through 11, God tells us what Moses' response to God's instruction was. Look with me in verse 9. It says, And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with, it, with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their, their, their beasts also. So Moses' response to God's direction was, number one, he took the rod, which is what he was supposed to do. He gathered the people which he was supposed to, to, to do. But then thirdly, he spoke to the people. And he was not told to speak to the people. He was told to speak to the rock. He spoke to the people. And you know, you know what? I, I can guarantee you what happened as he began to utter those words. The more he spoke, I'll bet you the more angry he got. And that's exactly what was going on. He was, his, his anger was building within him. Now, what he said was true. If, if you look with me over, over in that verse, over in verse 10, the last part of the verse, he says, Here now, ye rebels. Is that true? Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. They were rebels. <laughs> they, they, had, they had shaken their fist over and over and over again in the, in the face of God. And they had rebelled against him. And he says, here now, you rebels, uh, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Now, even that part was not necessarily untrue. Uh, because God is the one who told him, said, listen, I want you to get the water out of the rock by doing the things that I'm telling you to do. Uh, and so there was, a, there was a sense in which they were fetching water out of the rock. It's kind of like when you have the opportunity to lead a soul to Christ. 
uh, you know, we say, we say so-and-so led a certain person to Christ. Well, if you want to get technical, it was God who did all the work and all we were is the channel. And I understand all that. Uh, but but, but there, was a, there was a sense in which they, they really did because of, it, because of following God's direction, they would be able to uh, get that water to come out of the rock. But here's, here's the problem with him saying it that way. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? He brought the attention to himself and to Aaron rather than to God. And yes, they were the instruments, and yes, they were the channel. But it was God that was supposed to get the glory. And if all he did was simply not address the people, but instead address the rock and, and simply ask God to bring the water out of the rock, then, then God would have been the one to get all the honor and to get all the glory. And of course, that did not happen. He directed his speech to the wrong, to the wrong object. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 106. This gives us a little bit of a commentary on this whole situation. Psalm 106. In Psalm 106, I want you to look with me down in verses 32 and 33. God is referencing this circumstance and situation that that we read about Moses in Numbers chapter 20. In verse 32 of Psalm 106, it says, They angered him also at the waters of strife. Did, did what they said and what they did upset him? Sure it did. And, and that is understandable. And then it goes on and says, and says, So that it went ill with Moses for their sake. Uh, they, they did anger him. Uh, because of what they said. But had he followed God's instruction, it would not have fallen out the way that it did. And he would not have been as angry as he was because he would have been speaking to the rock rather than speaking to the people. And he, and he did not do that. He got, he got angry. And when he got angry, he chose to be angry and he lost his meekness. Now, why is that so important? Well, because over in Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3, God says that, that at that time, Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Now, that's, that's, that's quite a thing to say about somebody. The, the, the fact that he was the meekest man on earth at that moment. But here in Numbers 20, he loses that meekness. Understand that sometimes the area where you are the strongest can be the very area where you fail and you end up having a downfall. And, and that was the case with Moses. Uh, this, was, this was an area where previously he showed himself to be strong, but he let his guard down and did not follow to the letter the instructions that God gave to him and he ended up sinning in uh, in one of his in, in one in 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 one of his uh, strongest uh, areas that he had in his life. Um, 
if you'll, if you'll look with me back in verse 11, back in verse 11, it tells us what he did. It says in verse 11, and Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock twice and the water came out abundantly and the, the congregation drank and their beasts also. So he smote the rock twice rather than speak to it. Uh, he, he gave, there's no indication that he gave any acknowledgement of God. He only gave acknowledgement of himself and of Aaron when he said, must we fetch you water out of this rock? So, so God wasn't glorified. God wasn't lifted up. Uh, he, he just simply got angry, smote it, and the water came out. Now, you know, one of the, to me anyway, one of the most amazing things is that the water still came out. <laughs> he disobeyed God totally. Uh, you know what? I think God was, God was thinking very possibly, I'm not going to punish the people because Moses was disobedient. And he went ahead and because God is gracious and God is good and God is merciful, and he is. Uh, he went ahead and, and, and uh, gave the people the water in, in spite of what Moses did. Now, what, what, was, what was Moses' sin? And, you know, so oftentimes, and I, I've even said this, I said, well, the reason why he didn't go into the promised land was because he got angry. Well, he did get angry, but that's not the reason why he didn't go into the promised land, because God tells us why he didn't go into the promised land. Now, that, that led to the fact that he got angry, uh, but, but anger was only a, anger was the surface thing that everybody saw but there was something else that was going on that that uh, uh, an area of disobedience that caused God to withhold uh, Moses and not let him go into the promised land uh, verse 12 it says and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel Therefore, ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. There's two things that he cited. Number one, he didn't believe God. And, and, and again, it, it just shows us that what unbelief causes, unbelief causes disobedience. When we don't believe God, we don't obey God either. And uh, 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 unbelief causes us to lose meekness. Uh, he was the meekest man in all the earth. But because he did not believe God, that affected his meekness. And meekness is, is seen in giving up our rights and giving up our plans and giving up our desires and doing things God's way. God's way was not to speak to the people. He spoke to the people. He got all worked up. He got angry. He should have done what God told him to do, which was not to speak to the people, but instead speak to the rock. Uh, unbelief uh, unleashes our anger, while faith and trust keep it in check. You know, when you, when, I know I have a, a tendency to think this, when, when, when my anger be, goes from righteous anger to unrighteous anger, I say, well, I, I sinned, in that I uh, got unrighteously angry at someone or something. 
No, let me tell you where I sinned. Where I sinned was I stopped trusting God the way I should have. Had I trusted God the way I should have, I would not have gotten angry. Uh, anger is caused by unbelief. Anger is caused by just not trusting God. We, we come up against a situation where we have lost control. We get upset with the thing, but instead of trusting God, we just get angry. And that's the antithesis of, of faith and trust. Is, is, uh, that's one of them, anyway, is the, the response of anger. And then the second thing that he did is not only did he not believe and trust God, but he didn't sanctify God before the eyes of Israel. Uh, to sanctify means to set apart. Uh, in this context, it means to, to set apart and to lift, lift him up and to glorify him. Had he spoken to the rock, he would have, he would have glorified God rather than just, just uh, rebuke the people. And the, there are times and places for rebukes. Not saying that rebukes are wrong, but God specifically told him what to do. He said, come, you know, grab, grab a hold of that rod, assemble the people together, and then speak to the rock. He didn't want him to speak to the people because he knew what the results of speaking to the people would be. He wanted himself to be lifted up. He wanted himself to be set apart. He, he wanted Moses and Aaron to be proper representatives of himself, of God. And they, they became improper representatives because they did not do uh, what, what he had told them to do. And, and uh, uh, disobedience says that, basically says that, that God does not deserve to be believed and God does not deserve to be obeyed. Uh, that is exactly what Israel needed to see. They needed to see someone who was upset, who was, who, who obviously they had responded wrong. God wanted them to see someone who responded right, but he didn't respond right. Instead, he disbelieved God, and that disbelief led to anger, which, uh, which, which caused him not to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and not to lift up Jehovah God before the people. And, and uh, therefore, God was not sanctified, was not set apart uh, in, the, in their eyes. And rather than Moses representing God before the people, basically what he did was he stood between God and the people. God wanted to work on the people's heart by bringing forth the water out of the rock the right way. Instead, he still brought forth water out of the rock, but, but Moses did not respond properly and did not do it the way that God had instructed him to do it. And, and so because Moses and Aaron stood be, between uh, God and the people, they weren't able to see the, the Lord in a clear light. Um, obedience and submission and a submissive spirit allow others to see Christ in us. They don't just, they don't just see us, they see Christ in us. And, and Moses lost the promised land because of unbelief and because of not, not setting God apart 
and lifting him up in the eyes of Israel. They got their water, no doubt about it, but they lost sight of God. And because of Moses' wrong response, God was not the focus. Moses became the focus. God had a blessing that he had been preparing uh, Moses for years to be able to receive at the end of his life. And the blessing that he had for him was the promised land. Uh, so many times, <clears throat> I think I mentioned this last week, um, we, we sing songs that uh, talk about the promised land being heaven. I don't, I don't believe in, in this case that this was the, 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 the picture that God was, was painting at all. It was, according to Hebrews, it was a special rest that God was going to give to them. It was a special blessing that God was going to give to them. And it was right here on this earth. Uh, yes, God has blessings for us in heaven, but God also has blessings for us right down here. And, and we can miss those blessings if we don't respond properly to him and, and lift up Christ in our lives. So he lost it for two reasons. Number one, he lost it because of unbelief. That unbelief caused disobedience, and that unbelief caused anger. Honestly, you can, you can trace back uh, any disobedience in our lives to the fact that there is unbelief in our hearts. Um, if, if we really if we really believe the way that we often say that we do, uh, we, we would not have the disobedience in, in our lives that we have. Uh, you know, we say we, say we believe that, that all uh, folks, when, when they die, either go to heaven or go to hell. The only people that, that go to heaven are those that have trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, and everyone else will die and go to hell. Well, if you really believe that with all your heart, Aren't you going to pass out more tracts? Aren't you going to tell more people about Christ? Aren't you going to be more careful about what you say in public and what you do? And the truth of the matter is the reason why we don't do some of those things and other areas of, of disobedience in our life can be traced back the same way. We, we don't do those things because we really don't believe God the way that we should. And that was, that was Moses' problem. And, of course, the second reason why he lost the promised land was lack of, of sanctifying God in his life. And we often miss out on blessings that God has for us. I think one of the, <clears throat> one of the toughest parts of heaven is going to be knowing what God had planned for us, but he had to waylay those plans because of disobedience in our lives. In other words, we didn't get all that we could have had simply because we just did not, not only believe God, but we did not sanctify God in our personal lives. Israel, Israel saw a disobedient, angry Moses. Rather than seeing, when that water gushed out, a gracious, caring, providing, protecting God. And that's what God wanted them to see. What do people see when they look at us? Do they, they, do they see us in defiance sometimes and in disobedience? Or do they see a gracious, caring, 
providing Savior. What they ought to see is they ought to see Jesus Christ. We often talk about the fact that, that uh, uh, the whole purpose of Romans 8.28 is so that he can form Jesus Christ in us. Uh, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And, and uh, the, of course, the purpose is that people would see Jesus Christ in us. In, in the case of, of Moses, they didn't see God. They saw an angry prophet. What, are the, what do people see when they see you? Do they see the Savior or do they see us in the flesh? Uh, the, the, the key to that whole thing is twofold. The key to that whole thing is if we, if we have belief and trust in God, they'll see Christ. If we sanctify God in our own hearts first and then before others by our actions, then, then he will be lifted up and he'll be glorified. If unbelief comes in, that not only gets destroyed, but we also get robbed. We, we rob ourselves. We don't get robbed. We rob ourselves of the blessings that God has for us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask, ask you to take the, the things that we've, we've read about Moses and help us to see ourselves in the mirror of the, the word of God. In James 1, you tell us that your word is like a mirror and we come up to it and it paints a true picture of ourselves. Now, this painted a true picture of Moses, but the fact of the matter is, Lord, it paints a pretty true picture of Dave Dunbar as well. It paints a true picture of all of us when we don't believe you like we should, we don't sanctify you and lift you up in the, in the eyes of others. Father, we pray that uh, if we're guilty of any of those things, that, that you would show it to us and make it, make it plain, make it clear. Lord, uh, I believe that the desire of every person, honestly, that's in front of me tonight in this congregation, I think all of us have a desire to serve you. I believe that all of us have a desire to please you. All of us have a desire to have you glorified in our lives. But the thing that that can, that can uh, waylay that purpose can be unbelief and the lack of sanctifying you uh, in, in our personal lives so that people can see Christ instead of us. Father, please work in our hearts. Have your will, have your way in this invitation. We'll be careful to thank you and to praise you and give you the honor and glory that you deserve. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.